You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Hello. <laughs> I just got a little uh, IM that said keep my energy up, so every so often I'll just scream something out. <laughs> okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back. <laughs> you know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. <laughs> Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests to do the same. (laughs) Get totally hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips President Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Editor Melanie Nayer interviews celebrities and expert writers on their tips for making life enjoyable and entertaining. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White and Melanie Nayer. Hello, everybody. Welcome out here from Life Tips World. Um, I'm sorry I missed the show last week, the golf show, actually. Melanie, do you have some good golf tips for everyone? I did, and they can all hear it on the episodes page over at Webmaster Radio. It was a lot of fun. Well, we all need golf tips for those for those of us that are that are golfers out there or, or think we're golfers. I don't think anybody's a golfer unless you're on, be on the PGA Tour, but... Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun fun sport, and I understand it was a great show, and I uh, look forward to everybody listening to it. Um, we've got an exciting show. Let's get right to. It. We've got a couple of uh, exciting guests on the show that are in the space of invention, and we all want to get rich quick. So perhaps we'll we'll pick up some tips on uh, how to uh, how to create something and, and market it and uh, and and uh, take it to the next level. We, we're, our first guest is Eric Gibbons who uh, is the inventor of, of something called DigiDots, which Melanie will get more into. And we're excited to have him on board. And he was actually the runner-up of the Staples Invention Quest competition recently. And uh, we'll be very excited to talk with him about that program and, and what's going on. And then we also have Mike Nelson joining us today, who is the vice president of, of the Staples uh, brand and, and is going to give us some, some keen insight more on the Staples Invention Quest. And we may have another... Uh, Another uh, guest as well on the show. So without further ado, Melanie, take it over and uh, chime in with Eric. Sounds great. Thanks, everybody. Welcome again. I'm Melanie Nair. I'm the editor of Lifetips.com, and today we are talking about inventions. And why are we doing this today? Because with fall preview month coming up in TV and Invention Quest launching next week and then American Inventor launching um, this season, we wanted to find out what's going on in the industry. So I am here today with Eric Gibbons. Eric, are you here? I sure am. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Great. Eric, is uh, you were the finalist of last year's, which was the second annual Staples right. Invention Quest yep. contest, correct? Um, and your fabulous invention was the DigiDots. Tell us about that's, it. That's correct. Um, the funny thing was I actually went to Staples assuming they already had this product. Um, <laughs> I'm an artist. Staples has everything. We all know. Yeah, when yeah, in doubt, absolutely. Go to Staples. Absolutely. 
Well, I, I'm an artist, and I was putting together portfolios for galleries and uh, some museums, and I wanted to put a CD in my portfolio, but I know if I used a case or an envelope, it would crinkle the pages, especially right. when it paid so much to have it printed. So I thought there must be some kind of a button I could put on the inside cover of my portfolio and just snap a CD on there. And I went to Staples looking for something, and there was no such thing. Um, and then the contest came up the next week, and I thought, well, let me enter this idea. And uh, <laughs> came up with it, and lo and behold, out of 14,000 people, I got into the top ten, and one of two people who's getting their product made this year. It's amazing. Congratulations. Absolutely. Walk me through the process of how you actually came up with an invention like this. Well, one was just it was a need that I had, and, sure. um, and then thinking about how you can expand that need. Certainly I needed it for a portfolio, but why would someone else do this? Not everyone's an artist who needs a portfolio. Um, so my thought was that you know if I had this device, um, I could put CDs on my dashboard of my car and not have to look for the case and open the case while I'm driving. I could just snap them on there and then put them away at the end. I know my students have CDs all over their walls, and they're using thumbtacks and even duct tape, and they'd be able to put their CDs on the wall, decorate the room, but still be able to use the CDs. Yep. So it's not for a high-level CD, you know, like something for your hard drive, but, you know, music and stuff like that, they're already stacking in piles. So it's kind of like the low-level daily-use CDs that, you know, you're not really worried about, maybe the stuff that you're burning on your own. Sure. Yep. And what... Tell me about the invention quest process. I mean, you came up with the idea, you went to Staples with it. What happened? Well, essentially, it's a, it's a pretty uh, no-brainer thing. You, you sign on to their uh, invention quest site, you register, and then you submit your idea. You know, you think about it, hopefully, fully. Um, get a drawing or maybe a picture if you can, and um, you just fill in the information, and it's just that simple. It was so simple that <laughs> I forgot all about it until four months later I got a call, and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> what was it I invented? And she had to remind me the name, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> and I pulled out my old, my old information and just kind of, you know, rehashed through it, and I thought, yeah, this is something special. Absolutely. It, yeah, Absolutely. so made it easy, yeah. What, what are some of the other inventions you saw going through the quest that you were just like, wow, you know, that's, who would have thought of this? I mean, one of the great things about inventions is that it's not just something that you might have wanted, but the reality is other people can use this, and you probably didn't know that you could. Right, right. Well, the funny thing was all of the inventions that I saw going through, I thought none of them were like creating the next human heart. These were all really simple, easy ideas that I was kind of surprised weren't already out there. And I think that's sometimes key is it's got to be easy to use. People look at it and they know exactly what it's for, and it's, it's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, I can use that. You know, from a simple kind of a clip that a, you know, a teacher could use in a classroom for, you know, kindergarten kids. They don't have to use thumbtacks. That was one guy's idea. Another girl came up with a, uh, you know, sort of a, a glue dispenser that was disposable that little kids could use anytime they wanted to. Um, and they were all very simple but ingenious solve, uh, solving of problems, you know, just little everyday problems in the office. Absolutely. That sounds great. Um, well, you know what, Eric? Stay on with us. We have Absolutely. more to talk about. We need to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Eric and our special guest for today. And um, back in a moment. Life Tips on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. 
With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H. When you expect more from your web host. Attend the public relations event of the year, the 2006 PRSA International Conference, benchmarking your public relations strategies with the best. Conference registration gets you insider access to dynamic speakers and unparalleled strategies and networking events. Register at PRSA.org to receive a $100 early bird discount off your registration. Qualified non-members will receive a bonus one-year PRSA membership. Visit PRSA.org for details. WebmasterRadio.fm, the official radio network of the 2006 PRSA International Conference. Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe.com or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code WebmasterRadio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. Dishy Mix, the soap opera for the Internet Society. Susan Bratton dishes up delicious news and gossip while interviewing the glitterati of the Web 2.0 world. Dishy Mix, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. Webmasterradio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. And now, back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Melanie Nair, the editor of LifeTips.com, and today we are talking about inventions. And we've got Eric Gibbons with us, who is the inventor of the DigiJot. Digidots, excuse me, and uh, a whole host of other things that we're going to talk to him about. And we also have a very special guest with us today, Art Fry, who is a corporate scientist for 3M Products, but you probably know him better as the inventor of the Post-it Notes. Art, welcome. Well, glad to be talking to you. Thank you so much for calling in. We're excited to have you on the show today. And I want to first start out with asking you, how did you come up with this invention that has certainly saved all of us in the corporate world from missing a lot of meetings and a lot of important messages? Well, inventions can start a lot of different ways. And um, uh, in this case, it started with a problem. And the problem was, how do I uh, make a bookmark that won't fall out of my music between Wednesday night choir practice and... uh, (laughs) and uh, Sunday morning. And um, so I, as with a lot of other product problems, I looked at 3M technology 
because I was a new product development specialist for 3M at the time and uh, still uh, associate with 3M. And um, I came up with the... I was able to create uh, something that would adhere to paper without pulling the paper apart, mm-hmm. uh, modify, make an adhesive that would do that. And so um, having made the bookmarks, then... Um, discovered that they weren't just a, a bookmark with uh, limited use. <laughs> they were self-attaching notes, they were tapes, they were labels, right. flip charts, all sorts of things. And uh, and other people, it, it took a while for people to catch on, but um, by giving people samples, we tapped into their creative juices and they would very quickly discover how to use them themselves. Yep. So we didn't have to explain it. We just gave them samples. And, you know, you brought up a really good point in that you don't always have to explain the invention. Sometimes it's good to just put it in somebody's hands and let them work with it. Yeah, well, that works for some things. You know, <laughs> you, you, you and I have gotten uh, plenty of uh, electronic devices where the... I don't know how to work out. Uh, the operational... <laughs> we could go a long way with that It's as big as the yes. New Testament, yeah. <laughs> Art, you, tell Art, me, this you is Byron White. It's a pleasure to meet inventors. you. And, uh, very, very exciting to, to chat with, with, with you. Um, tell me a little bit about um, how complex the process was at such a large company like 3M to bring that idea to the right powers to be that, that, that saw that as, as a marketing opportunity. Well, did people laugh at you at first? Well, some did, and and uh, others didn't. You know, and you you learn to steer clear. But you know, big companies have to be able to both grow new things and then operate what they're they have created, and and make and sell them at a profit to pay for the the new things that you're growing. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to have a part of the company that that looks at short term things for the operations part and a part that looks at the long-term. And so I was in the part that looked at long-term. And so it makes it a lot easier because you have a chance to try things out, and when they're worked out, then you can slip them into the operations part where uh, people wouldn't understand you. But in that area, in research and development, you have a lot more people that speak your language Uh and understand your problems and understand that even if they don't, uh, they, if they give you some leeway, if you have the right uh, principles, <laughs> if uh-huh. you're a good-hearted soul, you will actually you'll make something that's going to be useful for people. What are your thoughts for uh, What are your thoughts, for example, about American Inventor and just general advice for the inventors out there? And we, I think everyone in, in it has a, a small part of them that, for one minute, you know, your your famous one mil- one minute of brilliance we all have in our life maybe has come up with an idea. What are your thoughts on 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 uh, on whether or not you should take an idea to a big company or take it to an invention company or take it to a an, an invention conference? What do you think the best way to move an idea to to uh, to fruition is in, in in your space. Well, in general, you you ought to work on things that you can do yourself, uh-huh. if uh, possible. Because if you're taking them to someone, a big company, generally you're dealing in their uh, ball court, in their uh, technology pool, uh-huh. 
and uh, what may seem brand new to you is probably 10 to 20 years old for them. They've been fooling around with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So your chance of, of really introducing something brand new to them is very slim. But where you see things in the market, that, well, where you don't see things in the market, <laughs> that, that you see that people really need, and you could do something about it, um, that's where you have the opportunity, and uh, starting on those smaller scales. Uh, unless you have access to some high-powered technology yourself that nobody else has, if you are just making use of technology that's out there that everybody else can buy to put it in, together in a different way, then other people can copy you really quickly. So I've got it. Yeah, speaking of technology, I wanted to, to, to ask you a really interesting question. And, and by the way, Eric, I'd like to hear if, if Eric has a question for you, as he himself is, is a new entrepreneur, and you seemingly have been at this for a while, so chime in if you want, Eric. But I'd love to learn about the patent that could have been filed on the 3M uh, post-it note, or your post-it note, I would have wish it was called, mm-hmm. Art's post-it note. That Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I know Eric is, sounds like he's an artist. Art post-it note, I kind of like that. Yeah. Anyway, my question is, is I wanted to call it fry paper, by the way. <laughs> how does the patent work on that? And, well, the patents belong... And my follow-up question is, is it possible to take the concept of a po- post-it note and apply it to the web as a technical solution. So two questions well, for you. Patent okay. issues yeah. and, and technology application. When you work for a larger company, such as I did, making use of of the technologies that, that I learned from them, I didn't learn any of those things in school, the chemistries or the, or the, the processing knowledge. Uh, in school, I learned it all at 3M. And when you do that, you sign an agreement that anything that you come up with, that they're all they're paying you to to look, uh, belongs to to 3M. So the patents are assigned to 3M. And uh, you know, people think because I invented post-it notes, it must be terribly rich. Well, that's not the case, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, when we sign on, we know that's going to be the case, and that. We, uh, it's like being a kid in a candy store with things to work with, and so I made so many products that didn't sell that uh, 3M patiently paid for that when I came up with one that did sell and it required the help of a whole lot of other people, well, we all share in that. And so um, the patent that I developed uh, belongs to 3M. Now, when you have pat- when you have patented technologies that are used in your product, the the adhesives, the back size coatings, uh, the components that are in there, if they're patented, um, sometimes that's enough to give you protection on the product, so you don't even have to patent the product itself because it's protected by the proprietary components, and that way you don't have to disclose how it's made. And you can keep that trade secret, as we did in the case of post-it notes. Now, your other part of the question was technology. Imagine a, a, a product where you went to a website and there were magic. There was magically a 
post-it looking yellow box on the left side of the website. And you could, for example, type in a message and then save it. When you came back to that web page, your note would be there. It would magically know that you left a note about that website. Do you was think that, there's a technical was it, application? Was that your idea? Was that your idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm He's just taking the, the thing is a, it's a, a very good a, note. What's that? The thing is, it's a very good idea. But we can sell you, we've been able to sell you that product for 10 years. Uh, it already exists. You can with get technology? It, the electronic post-it note. Hmm. Yeah, so you can go to 3M and, and download it and... Uh, uh, from 3M, and we, we, we sell those. So it's a great idea. And that's one, that's one important thing about inventor, inventions, by the way, that when people are presented with the same problem, you'll have a lot of people that think of ideas. And uh, of those that think of ideas for solving the problem, just a few are going to go on and do something about it that have the ability or the, the training or the facilities or the, or the money to do it. Uh, but um, one of the first things you have to do is to check out the, the uh, literature and, and check out with the U.S. Patent Office to see if it already exists because so many times it's out there. So you don't want to spend a lot of time reinventing something that already exists. When you can go to Google, type in U.S. Patent Office, type in, when you get their site, type in the keywords for searching for that idea and uh, see if somebody else has done it. I had a great idea here at the, at the beginning of the year for a technology for uh, uh, alternative energy savings. And... Um, I'll be darned when I checked with the patent office, somebody applied for a patent for it a month before that. <laughs> so check it out first, otherwise you can waste a lot of money and time. Absolutely, absolutely. Eric, anything you want to chime in to ask Art? Absolutely. Well, I was going to piggyback on what he was just saying, um, and that was probably why I even forgot You know, my original idea when I entered it to Staples was I, I really did go to the store assuming it was already there. And I have to assume that when I entered my idea, you know, I thought, well, there's got to be someone else who's entering a similar idea. And uh-huh. I kind of let it go. And it just so happened that out of the 14,000 people, nobody else entered an idea, you know, similar enough to mine. Uh-huh. And my idea was a little different in that, you know, I wanted to have a variety of adhesive possibilities on the back of it so someone could use it in their cubicle or a magnetic back so they could put it on the refrigerator or whatever it is that they needed to do. Uh-huh. Um, so that that's kind of where the patentability, I guess, came into my product. Um, but, yeah, you really do need to do that patent search because if it's an easy idea, it might be out there, but then again, it, it might not. You might have that thing, the next Post-it note. Exactly, and it used to be that you had to make a trip to Washington, D.C. and look at the uh, patent office yourself or hire somebody to do that. But now you can sit down at your computer at home, and in a half an hour you've got, You've got uh, the background on it. Hey, guys, I have a quick question. What are the quick ways to search for patents? Well, um, go to the U.S. Patent Office site, and um, you've got a choice of, of new patents or issued patents. 
Yep. And uh, you you go in and look at uh, at the, open up those sites, and then you simply type in the keywords about what the, you're, you're talking about in your idea, your invention. And sometimes you've got to search through you know a variety of keywords, but it will lay out a whole bunch of patent numbers out there uh, with a brief description. Okay, you click on those and open them up and, and read that patent. Yep. And, and it's really easy to do, and it's a great education, by the way, because when we apply for a patent, we have to divulge how we do thing, do things. That's what the government asks that uh, oh, uh, in return for seven or 20 years of protection, you've got to tell everybody how to do it. And so... Um, uh, it's a great education tool. Well, Art, you have certainly given us a lot to go with here, and I, I have one question for you that I haven't been able to ask yet, and I am dying to know, what is your favorite invention? Well, it's got to be post-it notes. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> do we yeah. need to ask Eric that question, too? Yeah, Eric, I think we do, Eric. Invention? I would have to say post-it notes, too. There you go. That's great. Oh, you're wonderful. Oh, oh, that's awesome, guys. Listen, we are going to take a quick break, and coming up after the break, we're going to have Mike Nelson. He's the VP of Staples Brand. Um, And Art and Eric, I invite you to stay on because we're not done yet, and we'll talk soon. Stay tuned, everybody. Life Tips on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. AdTech New York. AdTech New York. The number one event for interactive marketing takes place November 6th through 8th. AdTech New York will feature groundbreaking sessions, hands-on technology showcase, advanced networking opportunities, and as always, hot, hot, sizzling parties. Hear the speakers, meet the exhibitors, and be part of tomorrow's buzz in today's digital world. From the alley to the avenue, it's AdTech New York, November 6th through the 8th. For more information, go to ad-tech.com. Ad-tech.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the Internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your Internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. It's S.E. Gurus. Rainmaker. Hey, Yankee, yeah. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Yankee and a southerner. I do that lovely southern draw. I don't, I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but... No, I don't, I don't think I do either, but I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway. <laughs> someone's probably going to pull that blurb out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Uh, Rainmaker. 
Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. WebmasterRadio.fm And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. And now, back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, Hello, everybody. everyone. Welcome back We're back to here with Eric Gibbons, the inventor of Digidots and Art Fry. Or Art, are you still on? Nope, Art Art's gone. Have, Art may have dashed off to, to go invent some, some other super, super fantastic invention. Um, other than post-it notes, but we're also here with Mike Nelson. Mike, have you joined us in? Um, I'm here, Byron. How are you? Pleasure to meet you, Mike. Me too. Um, I'll uh, look forward to chiming in. Uh, we were we were talking a little bit with Eric uh, recently. I'm sure yep. you know Eric. As, uh, we sure do, yep. Uh, yep. Indeed. Eric's on the line here. And uh, wanted to chime right in. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your role at, at uh, Staples and, and more about the Staples Invention Quest and, and what your mission and, and goal is there. Absolutely. I, I work in a, in a group called the Staples Brands Group, and our team is responsible for uh, developing and bringing to market all of the products that are branded Staples in our store. We have over uh, 2,000 products uh, under the Staples brand in our three key categories, office supplies, technology, and our furniture business. Um, so we spend t- time every day thinking uh, of ideas, reaching out to the inventor community, uh, talking to our customers. We do a lot of research to try and understand um, what new products we may be able to bring to market to uh, help make life around the office uh, a little easier. So that's our jobs every day is, is uh, staying in touch with our customers, identifying uh, opportunities to develop new products, and bringing those products to market. And, you know, about, um, I guess now three years ago, we as a company um, came up with the idea to reach out um, to our customers to, excuse me, we reach out to our customers to um, um, put them up to the challenge of thinking of the next uh, great post-it. And that was the, sort of the original um, tagline of the first invention quest, using Art's product as the sort of benchmark in office supply um, inventions. Um, so we're now entering our third year of Invention Quest. In the first two years, we re- we've received over 23,000 submissions, submissions, a number that um, far uh, exceeded our expectations. And uh, here we go for uh, year three, and we're really excited for uh, another version and another round of uh, Invention Quest. We fully expect um, the number of entries to continue to grow as, as people become aware of it. And we think each year um, uh, inventors from the previous year kind of re-enter and are rethinking of new ideas. In fact, Eric, I'm assuming and hoping you've got a few good ones to put in the queue again this year. We're counting on it. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, for this year, which is great. And one other neat element about the Invention Quest this year, which is the first time we're doing it, is we're actually making it, uh, Invention Quest available for kids. Um, uh, years past, it was not available um, for kids, and we've partnered with, partnered with a company called Buy Kids for Kids, and they specialize in helping kid inventors bring products to market, working closely with their parents and, and being mindful of, of all the legal requirements that uh, are necessary. So by working with Buy Kids for Kids, we're going we're gonna to have a, an element of invention quest here, uh, here this year that uh, will reach out to, um, to uh, people 18 and below, which is a nice addition to the invention quest family this year. Indeed. Mike, tell me, how difficult is it in your mind to, to bring an invention to market? From an inventor's perspective? Yeah. <laughs> well, or from I, your I, perspective? Well, from, from my perspective, and I, think, I, I do think it's difficult. In fact, if you think about it, there were 23,000 um, ideas submitted to Staples, and this, was, um, this is a formal 
um, contest, and this is a, um, Staples is a company that um, is proactively reaching out to our customers, anxious for their feedback and anxious for their ideas, and um, frankly anxious to help them bring products to market. Um, and if you think about 23,000 ideas submitted and uh, less than 10 products coming to market, you can just do the math there to, to give you the percentages. So, um, and again, that's within a, a formal contest. Um, you know, I think uh, over the last couple of years, um, lots of companies that bring products to market for a living have embraced um, now more than ever the idea of reaching outside of um, the four walls of the company. There used to be a mindset um, that, that I've called not the not invented here syndrome. Um, big, uh, powerful product companies, um, frankly, in, in my experience in the past, were not interested in um, outside ideas from uh, small product development companies or from inventors. Um, but um, but I think the mindset's changing. I think companies, and certainly Staples is one of them, recognizes uh, the need to, to reach out. But, um, but you know, I, I still think it, it, it's difficult. Without a formal contest like this, it might have been um, difficult for Eric to, um, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, um, uh, as an individual, not, a, not an entity, not a company, to bring his product to market. So that's Eric, agree with that? Absolutely. Actually, as a you know, as an art teacher and an artist, I would not have even you know pursued it. I it, I have a little box. I put my ideas in it because I get them before I go to bed or when I'm driving on the train, and I can't get to sleep. So I put it in the box, and then I can let it go. And this was one of the ideas, and I trusted Staples. They make it easy, and I thought, well, let me give it a try. There's nothing I'm going to lose. And sure enough, you know, here I am today. Um, but yeah, without the Staples contest, I wouldn't have even tried. Well, and it's often, it's often the, the most simple ideas that have the best chance to make it to market. So Eric did a great job during the contest of um, displaying passion for his idea, um, clearly articulating uh, the, the product solution and why it was going to meet um, um, a customer frustration and a need out there. And um, so we, we, we saw all those elements and thought, um, boy, this is one that um, we think we can uh, bring to market and uh, have some success with. So that's what we're all planning on here. Tell, tell me a little bit about the criterion you use in, in deciding the winners or the finalists. Yep. So we we, um, we actually um, put together in our kind of official rules, which um, anyone can um, view on uh, staples.com uh, backslash IQ. Um, they pull out both the entry form and they can see the criteria that, that we put in place. But we, we look across a couple of key dimensions uh, and judge every idea across those same dimensions. And, and those include things like marketability. Is this something that, um, that, um, uh, that when, when, it, um, uh, when it hits our store shelves and is placed on, in our catalogs and placed on our website, um, are people going to get it? Are people going to want to buy it? Is it marketable? We also have to look at manufacturability. Is this something that we can, that we can actually produce? For a price that that uh, we can be able to offer to our customers, that they'll they'll like it. We saw uh, we see lots of ideas that um, are great ideas, and then when we sit down with our product development team, um, and we really end up scratching our heads and frankly aren't sure how to make a product. Well, then that would obviously score a little bit lower. Um, we want to make sure that the product addresses a, a consumer frustration. So something is um, uh, bothering uh, our customers on a day-in and out basis, and this particular invention helps solve that frustration. And you know, it's, it, I think we saw last year in last year's contest um, quite a few solutions <clears throat> around CD and DVD interaction. Uh, the winning product that Sarah came up with, Spendex, helps 
make um, interacting with CDs on a storage spindle rack a lot easier. You obviously have Eric's uh, product in DigiDots. That's another product that helps um, interacting with CDs uh, even easier. And we went back and looked at our own sales numbers, and we sold over 200 million individual CDs and DVDs last year. So um, that's a lot of CDs out there. And people, um, it was clear as we looked at the inventors and their submissions that that was a pain point. Um, and um, so that is another key criteria is, is it solving a problem out there um, that people can really look at it and say, boy, I, I get it, and um, I, I have that problem, and I'm going to go buy that product. In a phrase, Mike, show us the money. What, what, uh, what kind of return does, does, do the winners get? Um, I, I believe there's a $25,000 grand prize finalist winner. Is that correct? There, there is. Uh, when we have the finals event in um, New York City last year, we, we brought in 10 semifinalists. Um, the winner uh, receives a $25,000 cash prize, and the nine semifinalists receive $5,000 um, cash prize. And then for those products that we bring to market, there is a royalty um, for every product uh, we sell. The inventors will get a percentage of those um, um, uh, of the revenue generated, and uh, that will go on in perpetuity for as long as we sell the product. The inventor would receive royalties on that product. So um, it's a, I, I'd say it's a, a pretty traditional inventor model where we. Um, um, there's, there's, there's a, a sort of a cash advance up front to let everyone know that we're serious about the products, and then for those products that we bring to market, um, there is a uh, there is a royalty. So there's an opportunity to um, uh, you know not only to bring the product to market and kind of fulfill a dream of inventing and and um, and see uh, see the product to fruition, but to use your term, there is the show me the money aspect as well, which um, we thought was an important component. First-class way to do it all. Um, talk with me a little bit about marketability and marketing products online and even how you may handle that through your massive staple sites that sells everything under the sun. Do you yeah. test ideas and, and the viability of ideas um, and, and give them some highlight promotion on the website? Tell us a little bit about the marketing of, of, of some of these entrepreneurial ideas that you guys have launched over the years. Well, I think that's the beauty of Invention Quest. As it as the initiative continues each year, you know, when we first launched Invention Quest, um, we did not have any products to um, to lend the contest credibility. Obviously, after year one, you know, we brought four or five products to market, and so all the marketing materials for year two to let um, inventors like Eric know we were serious about this. Um, in year two, we we said, look, we're doing this again, and by the way, here are five products, and here's the real life story of those inventors. So the inventors. Um, get the added benefit of us promoting these products. So first, it gives Invention Quest as a contest, um, uh, it legitimizes the contest by de- us demonstrating that we've brought out these products that, that again, make life a little bit easier around the office. Um, and then we uh, we do, as a company, have quite a few marketing vehicles um, that we use. Obviously, there's um, uh, our 1,200 um, uh, stores in, in the U.S. and about 1,400 when you include Canada. And there's uh, in-store signage and off-shelf displays that, that we have that put these products in a, in a great light. And I mentioned earlier about 1,800 or 2,000 Staples brand SKUs. Well, in a given store, there's anywhere from you know, 6,500 to 7,000 individual items. So um, you talk about how hard it is for an inventor, uh, inventor's product to get to market. Um, even when brought to market, it's a competitive uh, environment out there in the store. So, um, do, you, but, do you balance? We've got a couple minutes here before a break, but do you, do you tend to balance the product? Um, that you, the finalists that you select in terms of your office supply tech and furniture, or is it more the idea itself has the you know the best idea surface to the top? It's the idea itself. We didn't put any limits or criteria on which categories they um, uh, they they came from. So we 
we just want to get the best ideas out there that we think our customers will accept and um, and uh, and embrace, whether it's in furniture, supplies, or technology. Quick question for Eric before we go to break. So, Eric, when you're thinking about your next lot of inventions that you may pass through, do you feel like you, you now have experience with what they're looking for, or is it more you're focused back on your, your genuinely brilliant potential ideas that, that you'll submit? <laughs> well, I, I definitely am looking forward to participating again, and now that I've been through it, I kind of know which ideas maybe are going to be you know better for Staples and which ideas I need to you know, pass on to somewhere else if it's not a, you know, uh, office related. Um, but it's, uh, the big thing is that I trust Staples. They're not a fly by night. And the better I do, the better they do. So they're not going to, you know, take advantage of me. And I think that trust issue has been really, really important. And that's, that's what gets us into the contest. We'll take a quick break, I guess. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, Melanie, is it time for a break? It's time. Let's take a quick break. And we'll be back with everybody once again to finish off the show. Great. Sounds great. Life Tips on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. GenieKnows has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. WebmasterRadio.fm has set the barrier on 100% original programming. And now, we have raised the bar. the bar. We now give you three new reasons to listen to WebmasterRadio.fm. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Have your finger on the pulse of search engine marketing. On the pulse with Barry Rusty Brick Schwartz. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Learn solutions on fixing your content and sponsor link troubles with the help of one of the largest web publishing sites on Life Tips. And Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, Susan Bratton is back with a brand new show talking to the most important names in digital marketing on Dishy Mix. The Pulse, Life Tips, and Dishy Mix. Catch your three new favorite radio shows exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm.
<laughs> Sink your teeth into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, with our uh, our two hosts, Mike Nelson, the v- uh, VP of Staples Brands, and uh, a soon-to-be world-famous Eric Gibbons, the inventor of DigiDots, uh, and many other inventions that may roll out of his creative palette. So, Mike, we've got a lot of webmaster uh, webmasters that, that listen into Webmaster Radio, not surprisingly, yep. and uh, we've... Um, We've got. Well, I would like to pick your brain a little bit about what's going on in the web world uh, and in the search marketing world with regards to inventions. Mm-hmm. Um, some alarming uh, numbers are in front of my computer screen here, thanks to my uh, thanks to our our uh, SEO specialist uh, Stephanie O'Shea here at Life Tips, and uh, I'm looking at some keyword buys. For example, Invention right now is selling on a top listing um, for five dollars per click. Um, invention help three dollars per click. Invention submission four dollars and twenty four cents. Invention ideas four dollars. What are people? Why are people paying such incredibly high rates for those keyword phrases? Are they looking for ideas? Are they looking for inventors to scoop them into the get rich quick programs? What do you think is going on out there in the invention world you with know, regards I, I, to search marketing? Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit of the latter. I think that. Um, you know, kind of before the internet, I, I can remember kind of years back, um, if I was up late night watching some TV, there'd always be um, that 60 second commercial with someone saying, Hey, do you have a great idea? Call us up and we'll send you the inventor's form kit and we'll help you bring your product to market. Mm-hmm. And there always um, seemed to be, um, frankly, a little bit of a, um, of a sense of a kind of a scam going on there. Um, and I think if the internet's uh, done anything, it's accelerated that, um, the, the vehicle for folks to, um, um, take advantage of inventors. Um, and now on the flip side, as Art mentioned earlier, the Internet has also helped dramatically. The fact that you can go to USPTO.gov uh, and within 30 minutes um, get a good, clean um, analysis of your own idea without having to rely on someone that may not have your best uh, interest um, at art, I think is, um, in that case, is a good thing. But, you know, I, I would say that, that, that the proliferation um, uh, for inventor um, searches um, has to do with companies out there that, that might not have the best uh, intentions in mind. And, and again, one of the reasons we love InventionQuest, um, and we think um, the people that enter InventionQuest uh, really love it, is it gives, it gives the inventors um, you know, a, a safe, legal, um, upfront and honest approach to bringing their product to market by dealing directly um, with a company like Staples, um, you know, whose intents are um, out there for everyone to see in the rules. We're, we're committed with our financial um, offerings that we bring to market. Um, and we're committed to helping um, realize these products, um, and then ultimately our customers decide over time how successful they are. But, you know, I, I, um, so I think the proliferation does, again, have to do with a lot of um, people out there trying to, um, uh, you know, trying to the, the, the get-rich-quick uh, scheme. And, and this is a question for both, uh, for both of, uh, of you, actually, Mike and, and, uh, and Eric. Do you think we'll see a day when savvy, mar- when savvy marketers, and, and particularly web marketers, could bring ideas and products to market faster? 
I think that's already happening, you know, with the, with the Internet and being able to connect with the government and search for patents because you used to have to go to a library and go through volumes and volumes of books. So it's probably much faster already. Um, but it does offer opportunity for people to be taken advantage of. And I would always be leery because I used to search. I'd have these ideas and I'd look on the Internet for these companies. And it was always a little scary when they would ask for upfront money, you know, to get it going, just just $1,000 to get started, and then we're going to be sending you big checks. So, you know, to be careful on that, on that end of it. Um, and I think also to have realistic expectations, because some people might go into this and think, you know, okay, you've invented the next Post-it note, you're going to be able to sit back and retire, when, you know, the reality of it is, you know, you'll get a percentage, but you can put out thousands of these for pennies, and, you know, it'll be a nice check once in a while, but... Um, my name's going to be on it. It's going to be across the country. It looks good on the resume. And if I get something from it, great. But if not, you know, I've put it out there and I've given it a try. Well, and, I, and, and, and I'd answer that with a, a couple of comments. One, um, there are certain steps in developing a new product, certainly kinds of, the kinds of products that are under the Staples brand and what I would say are traditional consumer products. There are cert- certain steps in the product development process that um, won't get incrementally faster. There are certain phases, like the initial product design phase, then the invest- investment in the machines and tooling to build the product, um, and then there's the, the process of creating the packaging, and then there's shipping the product. So, so that might get a little quicker, but there are certain things that um, that will always be um, uh, sort of set times in the product development process. I think what the internet has done is help speed up the um, some of those steps, like design and and interaction with um, uh, communication with and interaction with factories all over the world. But uh, but also once a product is brought to market, I think the internet um, has helped. Um, certainly a company like Staples, reach consumers in a different way and get the information out about a product a lot quicker. Um, so I think it's after the product comes to market, utilizing that tool as a great communication um, uh, vehicle on product information and product sales. Tell, tell, uh, tell us a little bit, uh, Mike, about um, the way you communicate creative products and services and, and how they solve problems and how you need to create messaging uh, out there that really focuses on problem solutions. Yep, the, the communication is, is is the key, and in fact, I mentioned earlier one of the criteria um, that we judge on is um, does it um, uh, does it address a customer frustration, and also what is the ease of communication to the consumer. Um, we spend a lot of time on the packaging that goes into the individual products. There's about a two or three second. Um, uh, span of time that you have a consumer's attention on a, on a product. So, so all the Staples brand products that we have, we, we sweat every word, every, every bullet point, every feature, because we know at, at the moment of truth when someone is picking up a, a box and they see Eric's digit dots, um, we want those first couple of words to, and images on the package to really um, communicate what, um, what the product does and, and why it's a great product. So, um, so certainly the, the, the packaging itself is important because, again, that's at, that's at the moment of truth. Uh, lots of other communication vehicles, as I mentioned earlier, that, that Staples utilizes. Um, we obviously have our website. Um, we obviously um, uh, send out quite a few catalogs to our small business customers who order products from our both catalog and our website. Um, and then when we have the opportunity um, to launch a new product, we, it, it might get its unfair share of shelf space in the store for the first three to six months of the launch. So there might be a large display in the front with bigger signs. Um, and what we've found historically is um, the best sales uh, um, communication vehicle of the product is actually letting people touch, try, feel, and use the product. 
um, our, our range of Staples brand shredders, we know that when they're powered up in the store and people can feed paper through and see the type of cut they have, um, that is the best um, uh, sales uh, tool we have, is let, letting the people try, touch, and feel our products. It would seem like an obvious que- an answer to this question, but I'd like your creativity in an answer. Is there a way to use the web to, to get people to try, feel, and use a product? Yeah, um, you know, I, I believe there is um, in in um, in that you can you can certainly do things on um, utilizing the web that um, you can use unique and creative methods of viewing a product, and you know, there's lots of different ways to um, get into the detail of, of a product. But I think the more animation, the more flexibility you have in sort of rotating a product um, that you can see the size, the more. Um, streaming video you can have of a, of a product in action, um, I think the better. So much like uh, in-store um, and bringing it to life, I think the more you can bring it to life online with um, streaming video and, and, and product, um, uh, and product uh, photos, I think the better. Uh, outside of that, you know, I haven't figured out a way to get uh, touch. <laughs> and, and when and you do, I, I look forward to chatting with you about that. What about, what about split testing, uh, Mike? Um, you know, is that something that's important? To you as well, and, and Eric. By the way, did you do any testing yourself of your idea before you came up with it? Um, well, I, I teach 120 school kids every day, high school kids, and I, I made a bunch of these little prototypes and asked them, "Well, what would you do with them?" And they had their hands on them, and they told me they want the big thing they wanted was they wanted in their lockers, and the girls want to be able to flip the CDs over so they can do their hair in between classes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So I knew it would be the hit for the kids, and they keep asking me daily, when's it coming out, when's it coming out? So there is interest there, but I think giving it to people, putting it in their hands, like what Mike was saying, is, is very important. And I think the two, the two types of testing that are important for, um, for, for Staples brand products is first what, what Eric mentioned. Um, you know, traditional research has 10 people coming into a focus group room and asking people about um, a product. Um, what we've done is actually taken it to the next level. When we want to learn about a product or a category, we actually go out into the environment. We're in people's home offices. We're in people's small offices. We're giving them products. We're observing them using those products in their environments. Oftentimes in a focus group, people might say they like a product or don't like a product, but until you actually see them using it, um, um, you really don't capture the true insight. The second type of testing is something we take very seriously, and that's, that's our quality testing. So once a product um, uh, is, um, is um, in production, we spend a lot of time testing um, uh, the product based on either um, competitive national brand specifications or some rigorous specifications we put. So anytime um, any Staples product is brought to market, we want our customers to know that we stand behind it. In fact, we have a guarantee that if they're not satisfied, just bring it back and we'll, we'll give them the money back for any Staples brand product. But the product quality testing is, is very important, and that can be something as simple as a, a number two pencil or even Eric's product, which is a relatively simple design, all the way to a um, you know, $250 shredder. All of them go through the same kind of rigorous testing. Well, listen, on behalf of, uh, of all of us that, that are looking for the next idea to get rich quick, um, we really enjoyed this, this educational uh, uh, time with you today. Um, thank you both, and another great show. Melanie, any final closing words, any words of wisdom? Uh, I just want to say thanks to both of you guys for joining us, and I, for one, look forward to seeing what inventions will be brought up this coming uh, year at Invention Quest and what fun things we can use in our office to make our lives easier. Well, we're excited about it, and I appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.